all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today, we are going to talk about sports and things related to our children's sports. Um, It is school's back in session for pretty much everybody. College has started back um, and all the fall sports have started, even though it does not feel like fall outside and it is supposed to be I think 107 today, 106 here in the area, Um, and that is not even the heat index. So uh, it definitely doesn't feel like fall, but sports are in session. Um, And so I thought it'd be a good time to talk about that. Uh, We could talk about just kind of some of the pre-stuff that comes related to sports, like getting your sports physical and the importance of that, Um, talking some about overuse injuries, talking about concussions, Um, And just kind of just everything kind of just around sports, uh, just because it is such a prominent thing right now, um, this time of year. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to get some feedback because I'm sure a lot of you have experienced um, some of these things and have opinions about it, especially when we get into talking about overuse injuries and how to keep your kids enjoying sports and not taking it a little too far, which we have a tendency to do sometimes. Um, so I do hope everybody is staying safe out there in this heat. I know um, as we talk about physical activity and sports, uh, my sister teaches kindergarten and their school is not allowed to actually go outside um, starting yesterday through Friday just because of this heat. And so they're having to keep the kids inside for recess, which I think is very smart. Um, And I had heard that the Mississippi High School Association had limited practices um, if the heat index was over 105, which I think is a great idea too. And I think most schools I have heard are pushing back the start of like their football games on Friday nights to 8 o'clock. Just to hopefully let the kids get a little bit cooler temperatures, Um, even though last night it was like 930 and we looked and the heat index was still like 100, (laughs) even at nine o'clock last night. So um, it is very hot out there. And that is something that's super important as we're talking about staying active um, and as we go into sports. So you want to make sure that we're trying to keep our kids as safe as possible in this heat. Um, and not just our kids. This is everybody, and uh, particularly our kids and our elderly or who we think about, just because those are going to be the two groups of people who are going to be most sensitive to the heat. But it's it really is affecting everybody. Um, middle-aged people, if you're on blood pressure medicines or if you have to do – if you work in manual labor and you're outside, you have to be outside for your job, um, we're all at risk for it right now because it is just so stinking hot. So everybody, please make sure you're – staying safe be smart 
um, wear light colored clothing that helps keep it cooler. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water and staying hydrated. Um, I remember they always used to tell us growing up playing sports that, um, or even before you played the sports, but if you have to, if you get thirsty, then you're not drinking enough, you know? So you want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water, that when you do have to be outside and do a little bit of things, that you're not getting thirsty. And that lets you know that you are drinking enough. And that being said, with our kids, you know, that are doing these activities, you want to make sure that you're talking to them too about they're not trying any kind of crazy things that they found on TikTok or things that they've read on the internet. You know, a lot of times they'll read these things about taking salt tabs or finding these electrolyte things. Um, some of that can be really dangerous. Uh, if it, So if it's not directed by your doctor that you need to be doing some of these things, tell your kids, please don't do that um, because it really can cause major issues and major problems. Um, it can lead to seizures. It can lead lead to passing out, all kinds of different things. So um, you want to just make sure that they're drinking plenty of water. And I usually tell people for every like two to three bottles of water, throw in like an electrolyte drink too, just so you can, because you, you can have problems if you drink too much water and not enough electrolytes too. So you got to find that balance. Um, so I usually tell people for every like two bottles of water, um, have an electrolyte drink um, if you're going to be outside in this heat. And so that usually kind of balances it out. So you get the water, plus you get some electrolytes with all the stuff that we're sweating out. Um, and it kind of usually keeps you safe and at a normal level for your sodium and all of your other electrolytes. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there because it is just, it's ridiculously hot outside. So, um, but now we'll talk some about sports physicals and sports in general. So, um, if you have any questions, comments, maybe something that you found to keep you cool during this heat, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. So my parents are moving and today is the day they're moving. I'm like, y'all had to pick <laughs> the hottest day of the year. And I think the hottest day uh, in a decade or more. I think we're setting records today, actually, with the heat. And I'm like, of course, this is the day y'all pick to move today and tomorrow. So uh, we'll be out in this heat helping them get everything settled. So but anyway, let's talk about sports physicals. So I feel like this is something that has kind of been in the news here lately, especially with uh, if you follow sports, you've heard uh, last year the player for the Buffalo Bills who went down in the middle of the game or most recently, I think it may have been this month, last month, I can't remember, but LeBron James's son who um, – went out in the basketball court during practice. And so you hear about all these things happening and you're like, well, how did they not catch it? Um, and you know, especially the Buffalo Bills player, man, those NFL players and Olympic athletes and any of the professional sports, they go through a full physical with pictures and imaging and seeing all the specialists and everything. And I mean, for the most part, we we do a pretty good job of screening, um, but of course, there's going to be some things that are missed. Um, but it it's so important to get your physical exam so that hopefully we can potentially catch some of these things, um, so that you don't go out on the field or in the basketball court because you hear about this every couple of years. A high school kid who who went out on the basketball court or the football field, and it was something to do with their heart. And so, for the most part. We can catch a lot of these things, but we can't always. Um, even the professional athletes are still having issues. So um, just wanted to kind of give that caveat that, yes, it is super important to make sure you're getting your physical. Um, 
but you also just have to be mindful of, you know, we may not catch everything. We are still humans as physicians too, unfortunately, and we miss things. But the what we're looking for in the sports physical, if you look at the forms, typically there's a lot of stuff for the parents to fill out as well as for the doctor to fill out. And so... You know, one of the things, and we'll talk about this too, is that the AAP kind of has a strong stance that they don't recommend those mass physicals. So you you may have seen this before, but a lot of times, um, especially in some of the bigger areas, they'll bring a bunch of different schools in. They'll have different physicians there, um, and there'll be hundreds of kids piled into a gym or a big area where the doctors will just kind of go through and listen and help fill out all these forms. Um, And the AAP really recommends against that. And actually, I have when I was in medical school um, or residency, I can't remember which one, one of those, I helped volunteer for one of those events. And it it, it is really overwhelming. I did it one time and I was done. Um, Because there's tons of kids in there. It's loud. Uh, The doctors, it's hard for the doctors to get the best assessment, like when you're trying to listen to their heart and make sure you're not hearing um, a murmur or any abnormal rhythm. Um, a lot of times the kids fill out these forms themselves. Uh, and that's part of the what I'm getting to is like it's really important for the parent when you're filling out this top form, the top part of the form that you're answering it honestly and appropriately. Uh, because a lot of what we're doing in our pre-sports physicals is we ask a lot of questions. You know, we talk to the kid and we ask them, um, are you having any chest pain? Are you having any shortness of breath? Are you getting dizzy? Um, you know, talking about different things that are happening with their activity. But then we also talk to the family and we ask any history of sudden cardiac death, any history of any unexplained deaths, um, like so we'll always one of the things that they always mention for sudden cardiac death is any unexplained drownings or any um, anybody died in like a car accident that was like unexplained, like a one vehicle, like where somebody may have passed out or something driving behind the behind the wheel. Um, you know, we're trying to get a good history because that helps us a lot. And that may prompt us to do a more thorough um, cardiac workup. So like if there was somebody in your family who had young, was young and diagnosed with heart disease or somebody with abnormal heart rhythms at a young age. And um, if your child mentioned to us that they had a few symptoms um, that were a little concerning, you know, like, oh, a few times I'll get a little dizzy, but I think it's just because I get overheated. But then you hear the family history that may prompt us to do a little bit more thorough cardiac workup. So so that's why it's so important for parents, grandparents, whoever it may be that's taking your child to their physical, that you're answering these questions and you're talking talking to the doctor so that you can make sure you're given a thorough history um, so that if there's anything on the exam or from what the student athlete is telling the doctor, it may prompt a further workup. So um, so the history is one of the biggest parts um, that we do as physicians and that we need. Um, And then next, we'll talk a little bit about what we're looking for on the exam. And the other nice thing about the physicals is some of the counseling that we do, and we'll get into that as well. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about sports participation, and we are talking some about sports physicals and um, the importance of them. We're going to talk about some of the complications that we see with sports, such as concussions. Um, So we were talking about the importance of sport physicals or the pre-participation physical evaluation that we do as physicians before um, our kids participate in sports. And I was mentioning how important it is um, that the parent is at 
the appointment as well uh, because they can offer a lot of information. Uh, if you know teenagers, when you're asking them questions, uh, they don't really talk much. They don't share. And so having the parent there is very helpful because they're able to answer a lot of the questions because a lot of the information that we need um, comes from the parent and comes from the history. So it's very important if you can be there as a parent or a grandparent to be there and make sure you complete the top part of the form. And then as physicians, um, you know, the next thing that we do is we do the physical exam. Um, first part of the physical exam is going to be checking the vital signs, so the blood pressure and the heart rate. Um most of our athletes, so if you have a very well-conditioned athlete, we're oftentimes going to see the heart rate be a little bit lower. That's pretty normal. Um, but that is one thing that we're looking for. You know, we're looking to make sure that their heart rate is an appropriate rate. Um, but like I said, sometimes you'll see in well-conditioned athletes that their heart rate may be a little bit lower than a typical, uh, maybe in like 50s, which can be totally normal as long as they're in really good shape. They're not having any symptoms. There's not much to do about that. Um, the other thing we look at is the blood pressure. And so I have had, especially like um, some of our football players, some of those big guys that are up there on the line, um, sometimes they'll, but it doesn't even have to be, you know, that. It can be anybody's. Lots of people just have high blood pressure that runs in their family, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we do see that a pretty good bit, like high blood pressure. And, and so we have to talk to them about their blood pressure. And sometimes there have been a couple of people that I've had to tell they can't participate in sports until we get their blood pressure better controlled. Um, just because you have high blood pressure doesn't mean you can't play sports. Um, but a lot of times we do end up having to start people on blood pressure medicine, get their blood pressure down to a safe level, and then we can say it's okay for them to participate in sports. But um, anybody with what we consider stage two hypertension is not allowed to participate in any kind of sports. Um, and so that would be anybody like above 140 over 90. Uh, we're not going to want them to participate in any sports. We're going to need it to be um, a little bit better controlled before we allow them to participate. So that's something to think about. You know, if if your child um, has had like kind of borderline blood pressures and they've been watching it, but now they want to go play basketball, um, you want to make sure that you talk to your doctor about that and get them down to a safe level so that it can be okay for them to play sports. Um, so the vital signs are a big part of what we're looking for um, because those can be indicators of some underlying cardiac issues. And so we always like to check those out. Um, and then we like to do a full physical exam. You know, making sure we're listening to the heart um, and the lungs and everything checks out okay. Uh, we like to look, you know, at their joints, making sure that they're not having any soreness, tenderness, swelling, anything like that. Um, for boys, you know, we always do the quick hernia check. Everybody knows about <laughs> turn to the side and cough that they always used to joke about and say. But, you know, just checking on um, everything because boys in particular don't like to tell you a lot of things. So as doctors, we have to make sure we do a thorough exam um, because they don't always come forth with a lot of their information that they may have seen. Um, and then the other thing that we we do for athletes too that's important is to check on their mental health you know um, making sure that they're not feeling too overwhelmed from sports um, I love sports I, I really enjoy watching them I played sports growing up um, but I feel like culture has changed a lot from when I was growing up playing sports and uh, there's a lot uh, there's always been pressure on kids we know that um, 
but I feel like it's a little different now. You know, it's there's so many different outlets to compare um, and to, for kids to compare themselves to other kids, uh, you know, with social media and all the different outlets out there. Um, but our kids are just exposed to more and they put a lot more pressure on themselves. And they're already getting pressure from their coaches. They're getting pressure from um other kids and classmates, and now they're having to deal with pressure, even more pressure from their peers. Um, and so, you know, that can put a lot of stress on kids. And so you want to, you know, make sure that they're handling this all okay, that it's not too demanding, it's not leading to anxiety or depression, um, because we want to keep sports fun. As much as it's, um, I love to win, <laughs> don't get me wrong, uh, but, you know, ultimately with sports, we want our kids to learn, and we also want them to have fun. And so it's important that we make sure that we're not missing the big picture um, with especially with it comes to our kids in high school sports, uh, because it's still all about making sure that they're having fun. So it's definitely something that as physicians, um, we probably don't do the best job at. uh, But we also we need to make sure that we're trying to make mental health a priority as part of our sports physicals. I'm a big Ole Miss fan, and one of the things I saw that they're doing this year for the football team is they brought in a special person just for their their athletes' mental health, which I thought was pretty outstanding um, because, you know, I mean, that's something that nobody really wants to talk about, um, but it happens all the time. We see it a lot, um, and especially I feel like in – our athletes in particular, like, you know, as you continue to go up the sport spectrum from just youth sports, high school sports, college sports, professional sports, um, your life kind of revolves around that. And as it gets taken away, you need to be able to have that that mental stability of like, what am I going to do when that's taken away? Because that's not always going to be there. Um, and so, you know, just from some of the other stuff that we talked about with um, – just the pressure that our kids are feeling also like we have to remember that there's life outside of sports too and so I thought that was so awesome when I heard that that they were doing that that they're um, making that a priority for their athletes because um, it's a lot it's something that's very important and doesn't get talked about a lot so um, I thought that was pretty cool and not just because I'm a rebel (laughs) I think it was just I think it's a good thing in general so Um, We're talking today about sports and how to keep your kids safe and healthy. Um, Some of the other things to talk about um, for, you know, kind of counseling regarding sports is in particular our females. Um, So female athletes are going to be a little bit more prone to some different types of injury, in particular like ACL injuries. especially girls that play soccer we in basketball. We see that a pretty good bit. And we actually have an orthopedic doctor who's going to come on next week with us. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about sports injuries and just uh, orthopedic issues in general. Um, but we do see that a pretty good bit with our females. And so that's something to, you know, make sure that we're talking to them about. Um, and the other thing we see a lot in girls is what we call the female athlete triad. Um, where girls are just so – some athletes, uh, females are just so active and they can't always keep up their nutrition. Um, and then with that, they get, when they tend to run a little bit lower on the BMI scale and we see it affect like their menstruation. Um, so a lot of girls will either have delays in puberty or after they start their menstrual cycles, they may have delays and um, – 
go months without having a cycle. Um, and so that's something for us to make sure that we're talking to the parents about, we're talking to the girls about, because we see that a lot. Um, and so just to kind of talk about that and kind of give them some warnings about it and what we can do to help with that um, and how to kind of balance that activity with nutrition so that we can maintain um, maintain the female's health. So that's something else that we think about. Um, and then the other thing, you know, when I mentioned about how important the history is, um, if you've had, you know, it's really important to make sure that you're honest and open about your history because, you know, say you only have one kidney. Well, we're going to tell you, you probably don't need to play any kind of contact sports because you don't need to do anything that can damage that one kidney. Or if you've had some kind of back surgery, like the other day we had, um, a teenager who had actually had spinal cord surgery. She had had what we called a tether cord, um, with the spinal cord or they had to go in and do some repairing and um, she wanted to participate in sports which is totally fine but only certain kind of sports so we had to be you know specific counseling about what kind of sports that she can do because she really doesn't have she can't risk any kind of damage to her back with any kind of contact sports and so we went through a bunch of different sports that she was interested in and um, actually none of the sports she was interested in involved contact and which was great um, so we weren't able, we weren't having to limit her from anything but you know it's really important that we know your history. And so, again, I'm going to kind of go back to what I was talking about earlier, that the AAP is against um, what they call mass physicals, uh, which is when they bring in a bunch of kids to a certain area a gym or whatever it may be, and they have a couple of doctors there uh, that are doing sports physicals for hundreds of kids right there. And uh, we really don't recommend that uh, just because, like I said, the parents aren't always there. And so that leaves it to the child to answer all the questions, which we know it's not always the best thing. Um, and then also, like I said, I mean, just from my experience of when I part- helped volunteer for one of these events, like um, – you know, it gets really loud in there. You can't do as thorough of an exam always. Now, there are certain, um, you know, everyone's different. This is just my experience with it. Um, there may be other ones where they're able to take them to an, a room by themselves and they're able to do a more thorough exam. So I, I'm not knocking all of them. I'm just telling my experience um, that it was a little overwhelming um, with being able to listen and try to make sure you're hearing their heart, a full heart exam on them. So just something to think about. And again, as a pediatrician, I can't plug getting your child in for their regular checkups enough. Um, you know, they need to be checked out at least once a year. Um, said that we're able to do a full assessment on them, like check their vital signs, do a full physical exam, check and see how schools go in, and all of that. And while you're there, you can do your sports physical too. So that way you're getting knocking two birds with killing two birds with one stone. Um, at our clinic, and I'm sure there's several clinics like that, we have kind of a standardized form that we use for sports physical. So if you're coming in, especially during the summertime, we try to catch all our parents and we're like, do you need a, us to fill out a sports physical form too while you're here? And we'll go on and do that as well. And then we try to keep it, um, make a copy and keep it in their uh, chart so that we know, you know, if because just because we do it now in the summertime, they're not going to need their sports physical for basketball for another few months, but at least we'll have it still in the chart for them. So, um, and I'm, I'm sure most pediatric offices are like that as well and can help you with that. So just something to think about as you're getting your kid ready for back to school and doing their regular physicals, you can also get that sports physical knocked out as well. All right, so we're going to talk some more about sports, and let's talk about overuse injuries and concussions and some of the other complications that come with sports. 
Uh, This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about sports and how to keep our kids safe. We talked before the break a lot about sports physicals and just some of the things that we're looking for as physicians and some of the things that we counsel our student-athletes on. And now I want to talk about some of the complications that can come with sports and how to counteract some of those. So um, I feel like some of the... Some of the stuff that I'm going to go into with overuse injuries can be a little um, controversial, and so some people may have some thoughts about it. So I would love to hear from you um, about this. If you have experience with this with your kids or maybe you as an athlete, um, so you know overuse injuries are unfortunately becoming more and more common. And one of the trends and the reasons we see that becoming more and more common is because people are getting so focused. Own, putting your, their kid in a sport so young and early and doing all playing year round. I mean, you know, like baseball used to be a sport that was only played in the spring. Well, now they play it year round, summertime, spring, fall, like you can't get away from it. Uh, same thing with soccer. Like uh, I have family members who play soccer and they literally play all year round um, because in the wintertime when it's cold, they play indoor soccer. You know, like it's, it's always something. There's always these sports that are happening. And that's wonderful for our kids to help them keep them active. Um, but it's also causing problems because if they stay uh, so focused on one sport and they're playing it year round, we're seeing so many overuse injuries of our kids uh, because of this trend that's kind of happening. Um, and so there's good and there's bad with this. So I would love to hear your opinions about this. If you have kids that are in um, some of these sports that they're playing year round, kind of what your thoughts are in that and what your experiences have been. Um, so we see this a lot in particular. I mean, the first one that kind of comes to everybody's head, if you, if you follow sports, is going to be baseball um, and elbow injuries and shoulder injuries um, from throwing the ball. We see it all the time in pitchers, and they're having to – you hear this – you know, they have to go get Tommy John surgery. Um, I was listening on the radio actually on the way in, and they were talking about – Otani, the one that plays for – I can't remember who he plays for. My my husband would be so disappointed in me. The Angels, thank you. I knew it was a California team. Uh, But he tore his UCL, so he's messed up his elbow, so he can't pitch anymore. And they were saying, will he be able to – bat you know you know so that he's probably going to be out and have to have surgery and all the different things so uh, we see that a lot baseball players are just kind of the first ones that come to your mind but it's not just it's not just baseball it's all sports you can have these these overuse injuries Um, and so some of the signs of overuse injuries are going to be and this is why it's so important to make sure you're talking to your kids checking in and seeing how they're feeling but the signs of overuse injuries are going to be they get pain after activity and then that kind of progresses to pain with the activity but they're still able to participate to oh, man, this pain is really bad. I'm having to take some breaks from what I'm doing to where it just hurts all the time. And so why I talk about the different stages of it, because it's very important to try to hit it off in the earlier stages, because the earlier you can um, catch it, then you can try to start treating it and slow down your activity and hopefully prevent it from progressing to where it's hurting all the time and then where you actually may have to have some kind of surgical intervention. Or you may have to really sit out for a prolonged period of time and Instead of just a couple of weeks when you first started feeling it hurting and doing some modifications. So that's kind of the progression of these overuse injuries that we see. And kids are going to be more prone to it. 
um, just because a lot of times they ignore the warning signs, um, but also but just the way that their bones are built. You know, their bones are growing, they're changing. Um, that changes the way that the tendons and the ligaments are. Um, and so they're just kind of more prone to some of these injuries. And so it's so important to make sure you're talking to your kids so that we can catch it in these earlier stages, do some rest, do some modifications so that we hopefully prevent it going from the pain all the time where we actually have to do some kind of orthopedic intervention. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. We've got Craig in Biloxi. Good morning, Craig. What's going on? Hey, good morning. Uh, I was just wondering about the uh, the games where you where you're repeatedly using your fingers and, and like the touch screens. I mean, I, my, I myself have troubles with, with my thumbs sometimes and my index finger from holding the phone. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then like your wrist too. We see that a lot just from the way people like. Um, hold their phones and text and different things. Yeah, we see that. We see that a pretty good bit, too. So, yeah, so this is not just exclusive to kids and athletes. It can be be anybody who is overusing their hands in particular. We say the carpal tunnel, that can be an overuse injury as well. Um, because if you're using, you know, sitting at your computer in the same position all the time, you type in. We see that all the time. Are, are kids getting uh, issues with their fingers? Is that a common occurrence? I haven't seen it much. Um, now we see things like headaches, uh, just from kids looking at screens so much, and um, video games. I haven't particularly seen hands as much. That usually is in my adult patients um, more than kids. Uh, okay, and you're stuck in one position for a long time. That could be the, the tension headache. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yes, a lot of that has to do with that, um, because the way we none of us have great posture, and then they're bent over all the time, and yes, lots of pressure in the neck, which leads to those tension headaches. Okay, I just wanted to ask about the kids getting their fingers hurt. I mean, haven't hurt their fingers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it happens. I don't see it as much. Um, like I said, I probably see more headaches and that kind of thing, but I'm definitely, I mean, I'm sure it probably happens. Yeah, yeah. My index finger has been hurting for several months, and, and I had quit holding the phone, but it's still hurting. I, I can't hardly make a, a really good fist, but it is improving. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, good. Yeah. Um, Some anti-inflammatories can be pretty helpful for that, Um, like, you know, ibuprofen or naproxen, Aleve. That just kind of helps with the pain, but it also helps with some of that inflammation, too, which can be very helpful. Okay. How about cold? Is a cold pack any good for that Uh, or or hot water? um, I mean, it may help a little bit, you know, especially if there's some inflammation there. Ice can be very helpful for that when decreasing some of the swelling and inflammation. Um, I don't know so much about the warm. I mean, you know, warm helps a lot for muscles. um, But when it comes to joints and things like that, I think cold for swelling, cold probably helps more. Okay. And I had a medical student told me decades ago that traction helps helps promote uh, circulation in between the joints and when i pull on my finger it 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 feels good and it seems to help yeah is that is that true that it helps promote uh, promote circulation well i think just movement in general so you know as long as they're you're moving them and you, you need to continue using them because if you quit using them because of pain um then you can create more problems so i think just movement in general can be helpful for that Okay, that I've been doing. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Craig, for calling. Um, So, you know, like I was saying, the overuse injuries – 
a lot of times happen because we're getting so focused just on one particular sport. Um, we're not giving our kids the proper breaks. And so that is something that we really need to focus on as parents. You know, we know we want our kids to it, it becomes such a hard balance because we know we want our kids to enjoy their sports. And if this is something that they love to do, you know, you want to go all in because you want to support them through it. Uh, but you also have to make sure that you're stepping back, looking at the big picture of things and making sure that we're doing what's best for our kids. So so they really recommend your kids not getting focused just on one sport until at least age 15 to 16. They really want you to make sure that your kid is active in multiple sports and doing different, you know, different types of activities so that you're not putting such pressure on just one particular muscle joint group um, so that that just helps them your helps keep their body better supported. Um, It's also important to make sure that they're stretching properly, that they're doing the proper warm up and the proper cool down. Um, I hate stretching and I hate cool downs. (laughs) Those are like my two least favorite things. Um, But it's so important that you do that because that is stretching so much. Like when we send people to physical therapy, a lot of what they're teaching you in physical therapy is different, like stretching activities, um, because you we get you have to think about uh, like so the knee in particular that I feel like because that's such a big comment place for people to complain of pain. Um, And yes, it's important that we're taking a look at the knee, but you also have to take a look at the areas around the knee. So a lot of times what they'll do in physical therapy for your knee is they teach you about stretching your hamstrings, stretching your quads, strengthening your quads in particular, because that takes a lot of pressure off of your knee. So yes, you think about we focus on your knee, but you also have to focus on stretching everything around it as well. Um, so stretching, properly cooling down, those are very important. Making sure you're taking rest. Um, they recommend kids need to only participate five days a week and trying to take at least one to two days off per week without any kind of activity, any kind of physical activity, um, so that they can properly rest their body. Um, and then they also recommend um, when you do get into training for a sport to take three months off a year. Um, And it doesn't necessarily have to be consecutive, but you need at least three months of rest for your body, for your child as they're as they're participating in that sport. So um, and not that they can't be active, they can still do other things, just not only geared toward that sport. They need to try to rest from that for at least three months throughout the year. Um, but I think the biggest thing, and that I can't stress enough, is to put your, if your kid is going, wants to do sports, which is wonderful, because I think sports teaches kids so many life lessons. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge proponent of putting your kids in sports, uh, but trying to just make them well-rounded and putting them in multiple sports and trying to give them time away from the sport as well. Um, some of the statistics I found that only 3 to 11% of high school kids are going to compete at a college level, and really only like 1% of high school athletes are actually going to receive a scholarship to college for sports. Um, and then when you look at it professionally, I've, I found a big range of numbers, but in general, it's usually anywhere between like 1%, definitely less than 2% of high school athletes will ever make it to the professional level. So, you know, while it's so important to keep our kids in sports and it's fun, the kids love it, the parents 
parents love it. We all enjoy it. We also have to think big picture. This is this is not their life. You know, uh, we got to make sure that our kids are aware of that as well. And we've got to teach them the importance of rest, the importance of activities outside of sports as well. So. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We have talking about sports and how to keep your kids safe. We talked about physicals and the importance of that. Um, and before the break, we were talking about overuse injuries and the importance of rest for our children. It is so important to keep, uh, you know, we want to keep our kids in sports. We want to keep them active. And like I said, they learned so many just life lessons with sports, um, just how to work with others, what to do when you lose, because things don't always go that your way, um, how to handle adversity. You know, there's just so many wonderful things that our kids can gain through sports. Um, but we also have to think big picture. This is not going to be their life forever. Most people are not going to make it in their sport professionally, they probably won't even make it to college playing their at their sport. You know, like this is this is not going to be always happening. Um, so we have to make sure that we remember that um, and see the big picture of that, and make sure that we know the importance of rest. We know the importance of making our kids well rounded um, with different sports and different activities outside of sports too. Um, I just can't stress that enough for our kids and how important that is, um, and also. Not only is that important for their mental health, which we talked a little bit about earlier, but for their physical health, because we're trying to prevent these overuse injuries and um, we are, we're not going to be able to prevent everything. I mean, that's just the nature of sports It's the nature of our kids growing and their bones and their joints changing. Like they're going to be at higher risk for injuries. Uh, but as parents and as grandparents, we need to do uh, the best we can to make sure that our kids are more well-rounded and that they're actually getting their rest. And then um, last thing before, because I want to talk about concussions as well and the little bit of time we have left, because I feel like um, this is a big season for it between football and soccer season that we these are those are two of the biggest sports we see concussions with. But um, I just wanted to talk to you about um, if your kid quit, wants to quit a sport, um, you know, to be supportive of that, but also to try to see what's happening. Cause like I said, our kids learn so many life lessons from sports. And so, uh, we don't want them to be quitting just because, you know, they don't like a person on the team or because they're not getting the playing time that they want. So we're going to quit this team and go to another team or whatever it may be. You know, we want to make sure that we're talking to them and we're understanding because, yes, we want to. If this is not something that they enjoy, this is not something they want to do a 100 percent like let them quit. Uh, but you also want to talk to them and see, you know, kind of the root of it, because you don't want them to quit just because they're avoiding some kind of difficult situation. I feel like, like I said, you can learn so many life lessons through sports. And this is the perfect learning opportunity for you to talk to your kid and say, well, let's talk about what's really going on. And why do you want to quit? Is it just because you're not getting what you thought out of it? Um, so let's try to reorganize our thinking and kind of go a different way. So just something else I wanted to throw out there um, with sports. And then concussions is the last thing I wanted to make sure that we talked about because um, it is football season, it is girls' soccer season, and those are probably two of the biggest sports that we see concussions with um, because it is these are both very physical and contact sports, um, and so that any of the contact sports is going to make you at risk for a concussion. But you don't have to be playing a sport to get a concussion, but that's just one of the bigger areas that we see concussions with. And so... 
the biggest thing about a concussion is recognizing it and not ignoring it. So I can't stress that enough that if you have any concern that your child may have experienced a concussion, you want to make sure that you recognize it and you have report to the proper to, proper authorities and go see the doctor so that you can come up with a safe plan to get your kid back into activity. Um, Because just because they had a concussion doesn't mean they can't play sports again or they can't do whatever activity it was that they're doing again. Um, But we just want to make sure that we're safely doing it. So essentially what happens with a concussion is the brain kind of moves around in the in the skull and bounces around and with that gets some kind of stretching and some potentially damage to the brain cells. Most of these are going, these signs and symptoms are temporary and are going to resolve quickly. Um, But like I said, we know that potential repeated injury and repeated concussions could potentially lead to more permanent damage. And so that's what we're trying to prevent from happening. Um, So some of the symptoms that you see, and these symptoms are going to happen pretty quickly right after the injury. So a lot of times you see that on the, like, on the sideline of the football field or the soccer field, whatever it may be. Um, But headaches, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, balance problems, vision problems, confusion, um, sensitivity to noise, sensitivity to light, all of these things can happen that can happen with a concussion. Um, If there is something like, you know, one pupil looks different, you can't wake them up, um, not only, you know, they, they kind of talk out of their head some, but they shouldn't have like slurred speech or they never should have like a, what we call a focal weakness. Um, so like you shouldn't be able to not move your right arm, but you can move everything else. That should, that is not a concussion. <laughs> so if the, one of those symptoms is happening, something serious is happening, more serious than a concussion is happening and they need to go get a picture of your head. For most patients with concussions, we don't have to get a CT. We don't have to get an MRI. We can mostly diagnose a concussion clinically. So um, if your child is participating in sports, hopefully the pe- the trainers have been trained in concussion and how to recognize a concussion and what to do for that. Um, so I would recommend if your child is participating in sports that you talk to the sports trainers and you talk to the coaching staff and the athletic staff um, that some make sure somebody is trained in that so that they can recognize that if that were to happen. Um, So like I said, um, we can do a quick assessment on the sideline without ever having to get any kind of pictures of your brain. Um, And just to make sure we're we're looking for those signs and symptoms of a concussion. If you have those symptoms or if you're kind of questionable about it, the best thing to do is just to go on and treat it like it is a concussion. Take them out of the game because the biggest, the most important treatment for a concussion is rest. Uh, You know, we talked about that with overuse injuries and how to prevent them. Rest is so important. It's the exact same thing with a concussion. Um, You have to stop all physical activity. Um, And a lot of times our kids who have concussions actually probably need some mental rest, too. So not just physical rest, but they they may need to stay home from school for a couple of days. They don't need that stress of having to, like, think Um, And so a lot of times we'll also recommend not only stopping physical activity, but also maybe taking a few days off from school. Um, Because one of the symptoms of a concussion, too, not in the acute setting, but in the long-term setting after the event, is having trouble concentrating. And so that really can affect their schoolwork. So most of the time, these symptoms are going to resolve within a week, like 7 to 10 days. Uh, But the important thing is when they do resolve, that you talk to your doctor and you come up with a plan how to get back into activity. Because you can't just jump 
jump right back into it. You have to come up with a plan to slowly work your way back into activity. So um, just something to think about and be mindful of as our kids are getting involved in their contact sports this fall that we're watching for some of these potential overuse injuries. We're watching for concussions. And then also in this heat, making sure they're staying safe and hydrated. So just wanted to talk. I thought this was a good topic to talk about as we're gearing up in our fall sports so um, hopefully this was helpful if there was something that we missed and you had a question about you can always email us to kids at mpbonline.org this has been southern remedy kids and teens it's a production of mississippi public broadcasting and think radio and it's funded in part by a grant from the university of mississippi medical center and generous support from listeners like you Today's show was engineered by Kevin Farrell. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.